0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped.
1: Turn your Bibles with me to the book of James, chapter 2, and verse 26. The book of James, chapter 2, and verse 26. It reads as follows, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I'm going to read it to you again. For as the body without the spirit is dead, and what we're going to be focusing on is this, this series we're about to embark on, is so faith without works is dead also. Based on uh, what I've just read to you, our series is going to be entitled The Word in Action, but w- today we're going to be talking about identifying the works. Remember he said, so faith without works is dead also. So we're going to be talking about identifying the works. James is the author of this book that has his name. James, for those who don't know, is the brother of Jesus. Not only is he the brother of Jesus, some scholars have pinned that he was the pastor at the first church in Jerusalem. Now, when we say he was the pastor, many t- scholars believe now, this is not uh, bought out specifically, but that this letter was written from a pastoral standpoint or a way for his congruence, in other words, to get better with their walk with Christ. And truly, I pray that we will receive what God has for us this morning, at in that same mindset, that we just don't hear the word, but would be doers of the word, because we found out, and as we go through scriptures, we're gonna find out that it's important that we not only hear the word, but we put this word into action. Now, when we look at what James is speaking to about in James chapter two, and verse twenty-six, for as the for as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. Death in the physical realm can be defined as a loss of life, to be destitute of life. From a spiritual standpoint, it can be interpreted as destitute of life that no longer recognizes or is devoted to or is responsive to God's word or his spirit. In other words, you hear the word, but you don't put the word into action. You know what it says, you understand it, but yet you do not put the word into action. Or if you do, you're not responsive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to show us how to put the word into action. I wish we could do it on our own, but that's not the case. In fact, when you read throughout the scriptures and you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it wasn't the fact that they didn't know the word, but it says how you put the word into action or how you do it in the proper way. And that's an ever-learning ever process. That's an ever-learning process. So this is what we want to make sure that we as a church, as a body of believers, that we are responsive to the word of God and also responsive to the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to operating in faith, James enlightened us in regards to faith and works. In fact, this is what James was specifically talking about as we're going to be discussing in the weeks to come. So we look at James 2 and 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So faith, faith there. So for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith. What's faith? Assurance. Belief. Belief. Confidence, trust in Jesus. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to probably keep emphasizing this. Faith is a choice. You choose to believe God. And this is the other aspect behind it. You choose not to believe God. We choose to believe God or we choose not to believe God. And we, for us, as body of believers... We're going to choose to believe God. I believe people in this sanctuary, you are made up in your mind. I've tried a lot of different stuff, but God's word never fails. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I mean, if you live long enough, you will have some human beings to fail you. Or, or they say one thing, but they can't back up what they say. But God cannot lie. He can back up everything he says. If he said he'll give you peace, that passes all understanding. I promise you God can give you peace that you don't even stand yourself. If God says the joy of the Lord is my strength, you believe that God will give you joy. Oh, I thank God for joy this morning. Amen. Thank God for peace. Thank God for his promises. But notice another thing he says. You can believe God, but you may not have the works that go along with it. What's the word? The corresponding acts are the deeds. Now, God's word provides us with corresponding actions that builds up our faith. So you just can't do anything, but you got to go along with the corresponding action that goes along with those instructions that come from God. For example, he says that men ought to always to pray and not to faint. Now, this is what you need to understand. If he says we need to pray, it's up to us whether or not we're going to pray or not. And so if we choose to pray, then that is a corresponding work that goes along with when God tells us to pray. Now, you say, well, Pastor, I don't need to pray. Well, let me say this to you. That's not a corresponding action. You're going to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees who knew the word but chose not to do it. But I thank God that I'm sitting amongst believers. I'm in the midst of believers that choose to hear the word, and they choose to put the word into action. They choose to put the word into action. It, it, see, one thing about it, when we hear the word, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10 and 17, because when you hear the word, the word, let me say, let me read to you to, understand, to get better understanding what I'm about to say. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we're talking about hearing, we're talking about the preached word. And not only the preached word, but the instructions that come from God. Not only the the instructions that come from God, but the guidance that comes from God. That is what we will consider the preached word. Cause they give instructions, they give guidance. But when you get those instructions, when you get that guidance, you got to be, have your mind made up, I'm gonna follow the instructions. I'm gonna follow the guidance. How do you know, Pastor Dobbs, that it comes from God? That's why we need the Holy Spirit, so we can discern whether or not it comes from God or not. We need the Holy Spirit, because it's not, see, if it comes from God, you're not obeying me, you're obeying the one who sent me you obey obeying what the Bible says. And see, everybody has to make up in their mind whether or not they're going to worship God, excuse me, to, to obey God. If the Bible says we need to worship God in spirit and in truth, it's up to you whether or not you worship or not. It's up to you whether or not you give God glory or not. It's up to you whether or not you clap, whether or not you say hallelujah. It's up to you whether or not you do it or not. Now, let me say this to you. Just because we had a hot atmosphere here atmosphere here a few minutes ago, listen, we still need to praise God on Tuesday, on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Well, listen, it, it, listen, it can be hot in your ride down in your car. It can be hot at your house. It can be hot anywhere you go to. In fact, you can be in the middle of the store and say, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah! Feel something? They give you a victory turn while you're in there. Listen, they can say, "Amen." Listen, we, we it was it was we album let you have for ten dollars. Whoa, Glory to God. Hallelujah! Listen, that dress you wanted, praise God. Listen, you saw it; it looked good, it fit good. The price stands say one hundred and twenty, but when they scan it, it say fifteen dollars. Hallelujah to God. Woo! Are y'all following me here? Listen, praise is not just limited to these to the sanctuary. Thank God for the praise that goes on in the sanctuary, but I appreciate the fact that God loves me enough, and I pray that we love him enough that we'll worship him wherever he tells us to worship him. We'll give him the glory wherever he tells us to do with it. At. And so we understand that faith comes by here. In fact, some of us are, are to the point that something is wrong if we don't hear a word from God on a day-by-day basis we don 't feel right if we don 't hear from God we don 't study our bible we don 't hear a sermon or we don 't listen we don 't get into the house of God on sunday we don 't feel right if we 're not in the presence of Jesus we don 't feel right if we don 't have a word from God, something revelatory, it may be something small or something big, it may be something that lasts for a minute or a few minutes. But one thing about it, we need a word from God. Oh, how many, how many can't live without the word of God? How many said, you know, man, listen, you know the Bible is true. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You believe that scripture. You don't even feel right if you don't hear nothing from God. Or, listen, you go, you go a whole day. Hold on, I ain't heard nothing from God today. I need to pray. I need to get in my Bible. I need to see what the devotion is. I need to see what Dobbs said on Sunday. I need to get something in the word that's going to help me to grow. I can't live without the word of God. God. Listen, I heard everything else out there, but the most important thing I need to hear is a word from God. Mm, I, listen, I know there got to be more than me in the sanctuary. They said, I can't live without God. I got to have a word from him. Well, my peace comes from God. My joy comes from God. Listen, I can't live without God. I need God every day of my life. I need him. I need him. Mm. it's not just me, it's not just me, but look at your neighbor to the right, to the left. Look, Lord, they need God too, and they want God. They can't live without God. Lord, look at that one in the pink, in the black, in the white. They need God. They need God. Can't live without him. Can't walk without him. Can't talk without him. Can't breathe without him. Can't live. Let me get back. Let me get back. We can see, excuse me, in my opinion, the more we receive his word, receive his his instruction to receive his guidance, receive the preach word of God, the more we can value and respect the word being proclaimed in our lives. We got to value God's word. We got to value it. See, if you value it, it'll be important to you. That's why you said, I can't live without it, because I value this. You got to be, and I thought about this example, you got to value the word like you value food. You got to value just like you value when you hunger and you want something good to eat. You got to value when you get to the point where you say, "You know what? I, how many?" I'm not gonna ask y'all because I know if I you live long enough, you going some of y'all, some of us have been to the point where we have craved certain things in our life. Some of us, actually, lastly, some of us not not y'all, but some of us have actually put on clothes and got it, it ride, rolled to the drive-thru and, and got the thing that we desire. And we got, and sometimes we've been mad because they didn't have the thing that we desire. Some of us have been upset because we didn't have the thing that we desire. Why? Because we wanted it. In fact, you want it so bad you can taste it. You want it so bad you remember the last time you had it. You're like, whew, I can't wait to get it again. Oh, I remember how juicy it was. I remember how the flavor that it had. I remember what it was like. And then all of a sudden, when you get there, they don't have it. How may have been to the situation where you went to, and they had it, and you felt some type of way. Let's be real with it. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The rest of y'all, pray for the rest of us. Amen. But you got to be, that, you got to be that way with God the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh God, you got to be like, God, I ain't tasting you today. I ain't felt your presence today. And your anointing hasn't spoken to me today. God, I got to have you. I got to go to the scripture. I got to go find me a word from God because I can't live without your word. Listen, these folks acting up on my job. They acting up at the school. They acting up on this business. I need a word from need a word from God. Because all these folks acting up around me are going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. But God will help you to get through it with a word from you. That's why we see the influence of the word is working in us as well as through us. I believe that God's word is powerful. It's powerful, it's mighty and it is significant as well as essential. For successful daily living as a Christian. That's why we said we're talking about faith. And so let's look at some of the works of faith. What makes this word so significant? The first one I have listed here is we got to trust God above everything else. Go to Matthew 24 and 35. Got to trust God above everything else. Matthew 24 and verse Thirty-five. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Notice this: heaven and earth shall pass, perish, go pass, pass over away. In other words, there'll be it'll be gone. But my words shall not pass away. Let me say do you know how old earth is? Earth is old, but God's word has will live longer than heaven and earth. In that a long time. Let me tell you something. Earth was here before we got here, and earth and let unless the Lord tears, it'll be here after we gone. But guess what? Earth, heaven, and earth shall not pass away. God's word will abide forever. That's a long time. So every time you get the word in you, you're, 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 that's why you get eternal life. Because the word is going to be inside of you. Ooh, wait. You're going to get eternal life from the word. Let's go to Psalms 119 and verse 11. Psalms 119 and verse 11. I want you to notice that David testified of how good, uh, excuse me, how God's word will keep us, will keep us by encouraging us to keep the word in our hearts. So we avoid missing the mark. I want you to notice in Psalms 119 and verse 11, he said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you know what keeps us from sinning? It's when we get the word in us. We get the word in us. And, he, and, and notice what he says. I've hidden in my heart where my choices are at. But where, where I learn, listen, sometimes I thought about this point. If you don't have the word in your heart, then your heart will make decisions for you. So I've got to let the word start making the decisions for me. Because if I start letting my heart make the decision for me and say, I've been guilty of this, you know, when I start studying this, I say, you know what, God, you got me on that one. Because I've let my heart make the decisions for me. Oh, you mean, I saw something and I liked it based on my heart. And, and and then that thing was no good for me in the long run. Why? Because the spirit of God did not leave me. But when, when God got in my heart, whew, that was a different story. Listen, I like that. See, God God's word will keep us if we want to be kept. That's why the Lord instructed Joshua in Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Let's go to Joshua chapter one and verse eight. See, we want to see these works operating in our lives. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I like what Joshua said. See, the Lord instructed Joshua that his word was necessary for his success and prosperity, which is also true for us today. So Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 reads as follows. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So notice what Joshua says. This book of the law shall not depart or be removed from your mouth. But you should meditate. You should ponder it. You should study it. You should speak it. You should talk it day and night. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. Notice how you're going to do it because if you talk about it. One thing I've learned when you start talking the word, you start acting more the word. When you start acting more the word, you start thinking about the word. You start, listen, a lot of things going around you, but the word is your compass. It leads and guides you into all truth. As you study it day and night, that you may deserve all that is written there. and day, but then you should make your way prosperous. And then, I like this, you're going to have good success. There is a success that's not good, but there is a success that is good. Now, how do I define success? How do, listen, whatever God says is successful, that is success for me. Listen, me obeying the word of God is successful. That is what I would define as successful. I wonder what would happen if, if we, excuse me, I wonder. What would happen if our convictions would be that that if we would be like God, in other words, our beliefs, our religious persuasion, our opinions when it comes to what is pleasing to God, what what would it be like if we were to do what God said and put put God at the forefront of our faults, our actions, and our deeds? Oh, my God. Can you see how imagine our life would change for the better? And that's how many of us have experienced God, because our life has changed for the better because we think more about God. What would God do in this situation? Listen, it used to be what would I do in this situation? It would be what would my neighbor do? Listen, they got me. I'm going to get there. But now I'm about what God's going to do. Ooh, i got to put this word into action got to put it into action. That's why Paul knew the importance of of meditating on God's word because he reminds us in Romans 10 and 17 that your faith is strengthened by hearing and applying God's word. Go to Romans 10 and verse 17. Romans 10 and verse 17. I know you know it, but it's just good to be reminded of what it says. Romans 10 and 17 reads as follows. So their faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. let we understand our faith is strengthened by hearing the word of God. And when we hear it, that's why it's up to us to put it into action. One of the things that I've learned is, you, listen, don't be worried about doing it perfect when you do it. Just do it. Execute it in a manner. Listen, that's why. Let me give you a quick example. Real quick. I know I'm saying a lot real quick, but, but watch this. When the disciples were praying, they prayed to the point that they realized that they needed help in their prayer time. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I say, God, you know what? They were praying, but they needed help in praying more effectively. So they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So in other words, I don't have it down, but I want you to teach me how to pray. And this is what some people need to understand. You may not pray like me. You may not pray like the senior ministers, but the bottom line is, do you pray? Do you pray? Well, Pastor, I, I just pray. I, I, I don't. I want not to pray that. uh this, this is a Father, in Jesus' name, I got this bill due, and I ain't got no money to pay it. I need help. In Jesus' name, Amen. Is that too deep for y'all? Is that too high to seek for y'all? Now, I mean, you got to be simple with. It. Sometimes this, the prayer like this: Lord, I got pain in my body. Lord, have mercy on me. Help me not to hurt the way I'm hurting right now. Listen, it's simple prayers like that that will change an atmosphere, that will change a life. Because we realize when you study scripture that God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. And so you can pray some eloquent prayers like the people did in, in Jesus' faith, but then God said, you know what? Your heart is not into it. You're praying to please people, not praying to get an answer from God. We got to be in a position that we got to learn how to get God's attention more than man's attention. And sometimes you may not do stuff as good as somebody else, but the fact that you're doing it. Somebody said, you know what? I remember when Lady Dobbs and I first started witnessing, I didn't know what I was doing. I was knocking on doors. I got told off a few times. I got the door slammed in my face a few times. But that's it. See what God blessed was the fact that i knocked not on the door. A lot of people thought, you should go witness. You should go witness. You should go witness. I went witnessing or oh, we went witnessing. See, the thing is I got better as I did it. Y'all got, y'all missed that. The bottom line says the point is this. He would be blessed because I got out and I executed what he told me to do. I went out and I did it. See, I just, look, we started giving. I didn't know how to give. I did not because, you know, he told us to give. But then as i done it, I understood why. I understood the purpose behind it. And now God has blessed me for my giving. The thing is, hey, you got to start somewhere. You can't be sitting around talking about everybody needs to do this and everybody new to that. Well, what you going to do? I'm sorry, y'all. Lord, look, got, they got away from me right now. They got away from me right now. Everybody wants everybody to do something, but the—excuse me. When are we going to look at ourselves and ask what are we supposed to do? See, when you're busy doing what you're supposed to do, you don't have time to get in nobody else's business. Woo-hoo. Boy, that's for the silence over the building right there. When you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're obeying God in the light, you ain't got time to talk about other people because you realize it's not as easy as what you think it is. Whew. One thing I, I, I had to admire about the disciples, now I'm going to get back to the message. I, I want to sh- share this with you real quickly. When they got the church, y'all, they didn't have instructions on how to operate the church. Read it. He gave him the church, and then he said, well, go on and run with it. I'm like, well, I mean, if that, if I was going to, like, God, what do we do? It's like asking me, right, Dobbs, will don't you go play the keyboard by next Sunday? I need you to know, bless the Lord, like they saw on this Sunday. I'm like, what the world? When they got the church, they didn't know what they were doing. The Holy Spirit, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. To lead and to guide you, and watch this, and to help you to improve as you go. Help you improve as you go. Never turn around and talk about where I can't do this. No, Holy Spirit will lead. He wants you to get started, so in turn you will get better as you go. What you're executing the word. You're not just you hearing it. You you listen. I'm praying. Listen, we have 9:30 prayer. I remember we first started. I started prayer back. When I was coming up in ministry, I told y'all a story before. You know, we prayed for about 30 minutes, right? And so, uh, I remember getting down one day, cause I know how to pray. I did. I do our Father, which are in heaven. How be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But anyway, after I finished that prayer, I had nothing else to say. And we got 20, see, 20, no, 27 and a half more minutes left to pray. So I'm laying down now. I'm just going to sit down here. And they said, well, let the Lord speak to you. So I'm going to let the Lord speak to me. Well, next thing I know, I was asleep. Because I didn't know how to pray. But you know what God blessed me with? He is. He taught me how to pray. Y'all seeing the difference here? Now, I started out with two minutes of prayer. Now I can pray an hour. I pray, pray two hours, brother, if I wanted to. Are you following me? The thing is, I had to start how to pray. I had to learn to stop somewhere. Now, if I start making excuses, well, I don't know how to pray, so I ain't going to pray. Where would I be at today? And same thing goes with us today. We cannot make excuses for not doing stuff. We got to start just doing where we're at right now. And that's why it's important that we get the word in us. Now, you may not do certain things, but there's some things you can do. And you listen, some things we can do because of what we know from God. Now, let's go a little further. Now, God's word has created power, and it helps to build our confidence to trust in him. In fact, our confidence can become so great that we trust him for the greater in our lives. We can trust him for the greater. I wrote down one note that I want you to understand. Oh, I wrote this down for somebody. It goes back to prayer. Please don't dis, dis uh, don't devalue your prayer life because you only pray two minutes. Your two minutes is valuable. I don't know who that's for, but if somebody you, you, you think you, you, your two minutes don't mean nothing to God, your two minutes means a lot to God. It means a lot to God. We passed. I only pray two minutes. It wasn't it King James version prayer. Now your heart filled prayer to God makes a difference. Makes a difference. Oh, it does make a difference. Good God my Now, let me go a little further. Let me go a little further. Let's go to Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things possible. Now, the key is, what's the all things God talking about? Anything that lines up with his word. We're not talking about evil stuff, but the things that God has for his word. If you can believe, you can put your trust in Christ, you can be persuaded by Christ and his word, it's possible to them that believe. Now, we can see God's word is powerful. It's definitely powerful. However, having knowledge and understanding of God's word and its ability to produce in our lives does not remove the challenges that we would deal with when it comes to taking his word and putting it into action. Challenges, the obstacles, the conflict, and the barriers. And I found out, and this is my opinion, that the biggest challenge I run across is not the devil, but me. Me. It's me. Me. I, I said, Lord, you know what? I'm the biggest challenge I got from executing your word. People can do all the second; They can do all types of things. But really, it's up to me to do the word or not. I've got to make up in my mind if I'm going to put the word in action or not. I can't let people persuade me not to put the word in action. I've got to make up in my mind that God wants me to do this word. And I know God's not going to tell me not to do his word. That would not be uh, according to Scripture. That's why, in my opinion, as we continue in this journey as believers, an important lesson that we're likely to have to learn and have the opportunity to learn is how to consistently apply his word in our lives. We have to be in every occasion, continuously agreeing with God, his word and his ways. And I'm learning that it takes courage to constantly apply God's word in the midst of difficult situations. Courage is the ability to do something that is difficult. It is a choice to confront agony or pain or danger. It takes courage to to love those who are unlovable. It takes courage to pray when you don't, listen, when you're going through every pain or every trial you're going through, it takes courage to pray. It takes courage to forgive. Let me let that sink in for a moment. It takes courage to forgive because you got to forgive. That means you've been done wrong. Oh, Lord, look how y'all looking at him. Even Jesus' disciples, when they told him, when they, uh, the disciples having discussed discussing with Jesus, they said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? No, 490 times in one day. Woo, Jesus. I love what they say. Lord, increase my faith because I ain't there yet. <laughs> Disciples are real. And I'm saying it, cause you, you do me wrong two or three times. Woo. And one day, and then you, I got the nerve. Oh, I'm screaming. This is me right here. This me. This ain't nothing to do with Jesus, y'all. But you, and then you want me to forgive you? Yeah, I'm gonna forgive you or I'm gonna leave you where you at. Ah, gone. By. I'm, I'm out of here. But God said, I've got to forgive you. I've got to forgive you. It takes courage to forgive. It takes courage to move forward when everything else is going wrong around you. It takes courage to move forward. Listen, when you feel like giving up, it takes courage to move forward. Move forward. It takes courage to move forward. Oh, thank God for courage. Amen. In fact, the Lord told Joshua to be strong and of good courage just as he finished talking to him about meditating and sharing his word, which could be indicated that he knew of the challenges that he would face in the future. Go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. You know, I know we just we read Joshua one and eight, but I want to show you Joshua one and nine, which is very close. I mean, it's right after Joshua one chapter one verse eight, when he tells them meditate on that word day and night, think about it, talk about it. Wanted reach the to them that told them that is because you're gonna need courage, Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. He commanded them. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's why when you you go, it takes courage to go. It takes courage to go. It takes courage. That's why it says be strong, be firm, be encouraged, be bold, and of good courage. Secure, brave, solid, and determined. Do not be afraid, Joshua, nor dismay, for the Lord your God is with you. So I can say to OCC, be strong and be, be encouraged. Do not be afraid nor dismay, for the Lord your God is with you. He's with you when you go to work. He's with you at your school. He's with you in your job. He's with you going shopping. He's with you. Walk in the store boldly with your mask on. Listen, Jesus is with me as I go into the valley of the shadow, whatever you're going into. But God is with me wherever I go you got to believe god is with you, you got to believe god is which my opinion reason it takes courage or determination because normally it goes against human human hum, human perspective and the world's view we have to be determined and solid in our conviction to continue to trust in god's word and what <clears throat> and what we believe as relates to the written and revealed word of god for our lives Let me say this to you. The world may find it difficult to adhere to scriptures like Luke 6 and 28. I'm going to share something. First of all, go to Luke 6 and 28. I'm going to share something I saw last night that goes right along with the scripture. Luke 6 and 28. Notice what Jesus told the people. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Bless, wanting something to be done, do, to do well for those who curse you, and pray, invoke the will of God for those who spitefully use you. You need the Holy Spirit to do that, y'all. I'm gonna be real with you. You need the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna tell you the story I saw last night, and it's kind of for those who watch the news, for those who remember the story of the young officer who went into a house. Thought it was her house, but it was a, somebody else's house. And she shot the person that she saw in the house. Well, last night on the show I watched called Court Cam, um, they had that case. And now, the ma- they, they had, okay, let me go back. And so the young lady who was the uh, the one who shot the person, well, this is the first time the family had heard from her. And she apologized to the family for what had happened. Now, there was an impact statement that was made by a member of the family. Well, the brother of the man that got shot came up and made the impact statement. Now, the brother, before he came up, his grandmother had came to him and said, Listen, that is a soul that is up there right now. That's a soul. Now, the young man they interviewed and right after after the um after he excuse me at the end of the show and he said, you know what, for a year I hated that woman. I hated her. I hated her. But, but and, and, and the guy asked, the interviewer asked, Well, what changed your mind? My grandmother said to me, That's a soul up there. And he got up, and this you can see it, it's, it's, on, it's on television. And the the boy got up. And this is what he told him. He said this, and they put this on television last night. I was surprised, but then again, I know how God do stuff. He said, you know what? I I wish nothing wrong on you. I pray that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I'm praying that I don't don't even want you to serve no jail time because I forgive you. And then, well, I'm telling you, you ought to see it because I'll be honest with you. If I wasn't a man, I'd have been crying by then. Okay. All right. Let let me be real. Tier two might have fell out. Okay. All right. Let's be real. Tier two might have fell out. And so he he looked at the judge. He said, judge, can I give her a hug? And the judge said, okay. The judge was crying. I'm over there trying to toughen it up. Like, you know, hey, you know. But anyway, he went over and he hugged the girl. And he wished her the best. And they interviewed him after uh, after everything was over. With. Now this is a, a while later. Uh, he said, "You know what? I was mad with her for a year, angry, hated her. But my grandmother said that's a soul. And he said, you know what? I, I, I just had to forgive her because forgiveness holds you in bondage more than it does, just like it does anybody else does. Unforgiveness does.'" And so, and he said, you know what? I hugged her and it, I was free. I said, man, you know what? That's an example of Luke 6 and 28. Bless those who curse you. He had not, he said, listen, I want you to do well. I forgive you. Now, she had to serve time, but the thing was, he was free. He was free. You, and, 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 and when he told her she needed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they put that on television, oh, oh, my God, you know that had to be real. Now, understand this. The world don't get that. The world said, listen, she ought to die like my brother died. Because even some Christians would have took the view of the world. They would have took the view of the world, but that's not God. You know when God was being, listen, listen, being nailed to the cross, He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see why you need the Holy Spirit? You see why you need God to help you along the way? Because if not, you'll take the view of the world instead of taking the view of God. When God says, pray for, excuse me, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully Use you. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. You got to know God's word. That's why Luke is telling us people can't do this on their own. Okay. And that's why the world don't understand us. They want us to act like them, but we can't do that because we're following the omniscient God. We're being led by the Holy Spirit. We don't talk like the world. We don't do like the world. And so the world's talking about, well, you need to listen. You need to go get them. You need to take them outside and do this, that, and that. Now, God said, forgive them. And if you understand that aspect, boy, you, you're going a long way. See, tonight, you'll be, listen, people will try to slander you, falsely accuse you, and insult your intelligence. Someone's going to, listen, someone's going to, listen, we ain't careful. We're going to respond back in anger, rage, bitterness, revenge, and such like. You forget those scriptures like vengeance of mine, saith the Lord. I re- No, you say, I'm going to get them. I've been to get, I've been to slice their tire. I've been to run them over. I've been to go get them. I'm going to put sugar in their tank. I can't even get the tank open no more. But now I'm going to do this, that, and the other two. When vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Even when it, even we were together last time. Do you remember that desperate father requesting Jesus to heal the boy? And Jesus described the, uh, the folks around him as a faithless generation in Mark 9.19. Let's go to Mark 9.19. We're, we're getting close to the end. Here. Hold on. Getting close to the end. He answered and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Listen, I put up with you, suffer with you, and endure with you. In other words, they call him a faith. You you don't even believe. You've been walking around with me all this time, and you still don't believe my word. See, he wouldn't call them faithless because of that one incident. He knew them better than anybody else. He knew they were faithless. He, they had been around Jesus all this time watching him do miracles, but yet not putting his word into action. So they got called to the carpet. It was test time. Test time. Hey, hey, what you going to do with this test now? Jesus, I'm going to let you take this test on your own. woo Now what you going to do? You've been watching me take the test. Now I'm going to let you take the test. Sooner or later, God's going to require you to take the test. Require you to pray. Require you to give. Require you to worship. Require you to love those that do you wrong. So, you know God could stop folks doing you wrong if he wanted to. But you know what God's going to do. He's going to let it happen. They're going to do you wrong, and then he's going to see how you respond to it. Now this is the thing. If you get it wrong, repent and take the test over. How many of you have had to repent and take the test over? I mean, look around. You ain't the only one. You are not the only one. How many of y'all have told some folks, listen, listen, don't, don't raise your hand on this cause I don't want nobody. Everybody think you holy. They, they, they think you don't make no mistakes. They don't think you do wrong. But I'm going to put myself under the micro, under the microphone, uh, my, microscope for a moment. I've been done wrong. I told the folks off. Not in Jesus' name then. I'm talking about I told him off in Richard's name. Gave him, I gave him a quarter and a half of my mind. Y'all be giving nickels and dimes. I gave him a quarter and a half. Told him off. Then the Lord had me to repent to the very ones I told off. And then sometimes I could repent because I never saw him again. But the next time I got in that situation, the Holy Spirit convicted me so bad, I said, Lord, I'll, I'll try not to do that again no more. Because ain't anybody you tell them off, you got to deal with the Holy Spirit afterwards. You got to deal with the, You can't run in the Holy Spirit. You can't hang up on him. You can't talk about ignoring his text messages. You can't. Listen, you can't. No, you can't send the Holy Spirit to voicemail. You got to ask when the Holy Spirit calls your name. And the Holy Spirit be like, hey, 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 hey. You know better. No, but but God, they did this and they did that. And they did this and they did that. And God, they did this and they did that. And God ain't nothing right up in here. But, but God wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned about us. He's concerned about us. That's why he said you got to put this word into action. You know, one thing I had, I had to give that boy that I saw on television last night. Even though he didn't get it right the first time. Young man, I saw the, the, bro- the brother. When he got to that court case and the lights were on him, I thought about this. If he'd have acted like the world, I never would have saw that last night. If he got there and acted, we never would have saw that last night on court TV. You wouldn't have saw because it? it's like... He did acting like the rest of us. We're going to put that on TV, folks. I get that. But when he acted like a Christian, I don't know if the brother saved or not, I'll be honest with you. To me, he got fruit. He, got, he definitely got some fruit. <laughs> I'm telling you, he got some serious fruit. I, mean, I recognize that fruit right there. It wasn't even a question about that fruit. I recognize that. If he'd acted like the world, we never would have saw it. But because he acted like a Christian, we saw it on television. I wonder if God was to take our actions and to show them off to the world. Because you never know when you're going to be on television like that, do you? <laughs> Woo. Listen, I'm going let me say a few more things before I close it. Before I I'm not pointing these fingers at y'all. I'm looking at myself as well. Because I had to ask myself the question. Hey, before you pastor Dobbs, before you anybody else, before you a husband, before your father, you're a Christian. Are you putting the word into action? Are you putting the word into action? You can't be telling the congregants, the members, the sheep to put the word into action. And here you are talking one thing. And doing something different. I'm not expecting for you to put the word into action on a perfect basis. Executing everything you're doing right. I'm expecting for you to take what God gives you, apply it, and if you mess up, just repent and get it right again. Listen, I can imagine. I'm just thinking about this. Y'all know how good the praise team and sound, right? Can you imagine when they mess up sometime in practice? I got the microphone, brother. Come on, now give me that. <laughs> can you imagine them messing up? And, and then uh, the leaders to me, Hey, we gotta do that over. What do you mean? I do that over? And they, they can have an attitude, or they can repent and get it right. I mean, that's simple. I mean, you uh, know. And let me say this to you. One of the things I put down here, that I need all to understand. God loves us enough. To say, hey, we need to get this right. A lot of people are saying they're doing the word, but ain't doing it. I don't want this, our church, Overcomers Christian Center, our friends, our congregants, and loved ones to constantly do the word, or excuse me, hear the word and not apply it in their everyday life. And will you get it right every time? No. Ain't nobody speak you to get it right all the time. That's why we come in here and we learn. That's why I come here every Sunday and teach and preach. Because I know y'all messed up sometime last week. Look how y'all looking at me. I I didn't mess up last week. Please. Okay, you might not have messed up. But look, that glance to your right just a little bit. Don't don't let them know you're looking at them. Look to your right. Look to your right. Now look to your left. That one messed up last week. Yeah, that one right there. That one right there undid Something last week got me on this topic right here. And if you can't find them, everybody look this way just for a moment. Look at that bro with the microphone, with the black suit, with the white on. He done messed up last week. So I need to teach all of us so in turn we can grow and make better decisions next time. Will we get it right next week? Probably not. And God will have me back on the same topic again next week. But that will be all right. He loved us enough to help us. I I hate to be in a church God was not helping me to get things right. I hate to be. Every time I turn around doing everything right, please, I know better. Because I know me. I know what I did last week. Stuff you know about, stuff you don't know about. Am I going to tell you? No. (laughs) That's why I need a Savior. I need a deliverer, a healer. Let me say a couple more points. <clears throat> in my experience, I found that being challenged to put the word into action may stretch, but it's beneficial to my spiritual growth and maturity. It challenges us to do right. And it challenges us to do right. It challenges to do right. Well, Sam learn to trust God with a dime on, on my dollar. It may stretch me, but not, not necessarily when I'm bringing him $3 on my 30 But, boy, when you start bringing in uh, five hundred dollars when you're five thousand—that's <laughs> a good offer. And a good offer, it may challenge you. It may challenge you. Let me tell you, when people—I thought this is keep bringing in my spirit. When folks do you wrong, it can challenge. You can be a challenge when God say pray for. Them. And you know there's some people on your job right now. God telling you to pray for. Them. He tell you to pray for. Them. I ain't talking about he. The ones that nice, you ain't got no problem praying for them. But when you put Luke six. In 28, in that, in that perspective, and then God said, "Pray for them." Well, God, they, they, um, mm. Well, God, you know, they, um, mm, mm, mm. God, no. And then what God said, "Pray for them." Well, they still, listen, you don't pray for them for 30 seconds, and they still ain't treating you right, and you ready to quit and throw in the towel? I ain't pray for them no more, God. I pray the whole 30 seconds. I, listen. I said, when I pray for 30 seconds, this whole thing should turn around and it should be harmony all up in here. But now, sometimes you're just going to have to pray to God leads you not to pray for him. woo Boy, that was a good one right That wasn't it? Boy, God, you see how God dropped that on us, y'all. Woo. God knows someone. We pray for 30 seconds. If it ain't having 30 seconds, oh, that's enough right there. Look how y'all looking at me in here. That's okay, though. Because, you know, I got to live this too, y'all. If when God say do it, we got to do it. Till the Holy Spirit tells us not to. Now, over time, we can tell you that we're really growing because we learn to be grateful that God loves us enough to challenge us to put the word in action, so that we can progress and prosper in our finances and in every area of our life. We can do. We can better understand that a seed can only grow and reproduce when it is planted. We got to plant that seed of love got to plant that seed of forgiveness. We got to plant that seed of treating others right. Even though we may not be treated right, we got to plant that seed. And as we continue to do what's right, according to scripture, God's going to bless us. for you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 And Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.